Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man. What are we talking about today? Today we bring you the recap of round four, continuing uh, our previous episodes where we are recapping this doubleheader just just took place on the EuroLeague. And we start with the first game of this uh, round four, the game between Fenerbahce and Asvel. And Asvel, after being able to have a comeback late in the game against FS. Uh, they come out of Turkey with two losses after losing this game, 101-86. Diog, what were the keys? Well, first of all, an, an impressive comeback for, for Fenerbahce because uh, after being down 18, to still win the game by double digits in a 15-point win, it's very impressive. It's not a lot of teams that are able to do that. Uh, after a, a disastrous start where we do need to give Aswell some credit, and especially Frank Jackson, because he was hitting shots from everywhere. Uh, Fenner was able to to have an elite second half, uh, especially defensively, and the way they shot the ball too. But uh, again, I think the game changer here for them was uh, Nick Kalaris. Uh, he keeps coming into the game and just showing his impact immediately. He, he keeps doing a bit of everything. He, he puts everybody in the right place. And I've been very critical of Nick Kalaris last season, uh, not to, to his talent, but just the way he fitted with this Fenerbahce team. But uh, this this year, he has been very important for them and he, he's proving me wrong. So shout out to Nick Kalaris because he's been playing at a very high level. Uh, Fenerbahce remains undefeated at home and that is a, a big step for them to, to be a contending team is to have a great uh, home record. And as far as Asvel, they... They let coach TJ Parker go now, and I think they, they have a lot of stuff to, to figure out. And whoever comes in to replace him, uh, hopefully they, they can put the talent that they have together and make it work because they do have talent. They, they just need to find ways to, to make it work. This is the Frank Jackson that we hoped for and that I think we will be seeing more of as the, the season moves forward. And for Fenerbahce, it's again Kalat, as we spoke about it on their previous game. More than Kalates, uh, individually, and he had a brilliant game with seven points, eight rebounds and uh, nine assists and added two steals to it. He had a brilliant game, a very, very good game. The floor general that puts all the pieces into place and is able to to translate their game plan and their system into performing and Mm -hmm. doing that on the court is the key for this Fenerbahce team. It was something that seemed to be lacking early on, but it's something that they have now and that they are doing now at the a very good level with Kalates, and let's see if he's able to keep up these uh, performances because this uh, Fenerbahce team clearly needs it and uh, everything else is in place because this is a very strong team, a very strong roster and having that floor general just maximizes everything else and puts everything in place for them to to be highly competitive and have wins like uh, this one. Yeah, and just having Wilbekin healthy uh, I think has been so important for Nick Kalates to be able to be successful within this team absolutely. because now he has another guard who, who can just score and shoot and space the floor for him. And I think that's a very perfect matching there with those two guards. So I do believe Will Bikin being healthy has been the, the biggest help for, for Nick Kalaris to fit within within this roster. That is absolutely on point. And 
Already in the last playoffs, like the lack of a healthy Wilbekin was impactful for this Fenerbahce team, and that certainly translates into this season. And him being healthy is huge for the for Fenerbahce. The next game, it was a game played in Greece between Olympiakos and Partizan. Partizan has, comes out of this doubleheader with two losses, and this time around, Olympiakos was able to, to perform offensively and had a ninety-eight to ninety-four win. How important was this game for Olympiakos and how good was Milutinov on this game? Well, this was the, the game of the round for me. Uh, I think Milutinov was very good and this was a very important win for Olympiakos. Um, this game was kind of crazy. I, I expected it to be a low-scoring game and it was the complete opposite. And don't get me wrong, it was still great defense, but the offense was just better and both teams were efficient. Um, Kevin Potter finally played a, a good game this season, but uh, it was still not enough to get this win in Greece. Uh, and I think other than Milutinov, who, who was amazing, I think Laren Zakis, coming off the bench, he had one of his magic performance performances. It, it looks like every now and then he, he has one of these games where he just comes off the bench and he, he hits every shot and just his impact, his energy and his hustle uh, changed the game for Olympiacos because... They were down, I think, 10 points coming into the fourth quarter. And he had an amazing performance, fourth quarter and overtime. So I think he had a lot to do with this Olympiacos comeback and win. But uh, I think Milutinov, like you said, he has been playing at a very high level for them. He he gives them a different look from, from fall. And last season, they didn't have that. So Milutinov, is, I think, is a perfect fit here. They just need another scoring option. For, for they seem to be at the level that they were last season, really contending. And for Partizan, um, again, a better game from punter. He, he hit some tough shots, some clutch shots. Uh, Nunali to, to force the overtime, that three was amazing. But uh, I still think they need a point guard. Like they, they keep having good games and putting up good fights against good teams like Olympiacos and Barcelona, but they don't they don't have that, that factor to put them over the top. And I think... Uh, a point guard w- would do that because now you don't need to have punter playing point guard. You don't need to have Nunnally bringing the ball up. Uh, I just think they need a, a guy to glue it all together. And maybe they could have won some of these games if they had that guy. So I think that's what they should be looking for. They they played a good game, but without a true floor general, it's tough to win at the EuroLeague level because most teams have that guy. And I think that's a big difference difference maker here. For as far as partisan and the rest of the competition. Yeah, we just spoke about it with uh, Fenerbahce and uh, Nick Kalates, and certainly that's something that this partisan team has been lacking, someone that is able to interpret their system and the, the way that they want to play and to put everybody in the position to succeed and to get the most of all of their players. And despite they have some good uh, performances on this game of players that they need good performances for uh, it's not enough. And uh, this was a game where Olympiacos showed their defensive power. And despite the game going to overtime, uh, they forced 18 turnovers from uh, Partizan. And once again, that's where the playmaker, the floor general, the someone able to control the game is a difference maker for, for a team like this Partizan team that has the talent to be a contender and uh, that I expect to grow into that or to be very close to that, to be a very competitive team. But right now, they are lacking that discipline that will allow them to com- to compete against a team that is as disciplined as Olympiacos is, that is also highly talented. And like we spoke before, 
And you just mentioned this Olympiacos team is one player away of once again being a top two team of the EuroLeague, a top three team of the EuroLeague. We know how deep yeah. and talented the EuroLeague is, but uh, they are that player away, that score, that go-to guy, that closer, we can call it whatever we want to call it, that will just elevate this team that is already really, really good, that is playing at already a very, very good level, and that we know how well they can perform defensively. Having that player, that type of player, is what takes this Olympiacos team uh, over the top and can get them uh, high and to one of the top teams of the EuroLeague once again. But this was a very important win at home against a good team of Partizan. And this 98-94 to win was a very good win for Olympiacos. Let's go to Spain. And uh, we had teased it on the previous episode. And this was a game where Marcos Howard showed up and stepped up and played at uh, a very good level, scoring 26 points. Chimo Moneca also had a very good game with 32 points. But it was Jalgiris that uh, conquered the road win with 82-99. to High-scoring game. Basconi didn't brought the defensive uh, consistency that we know that they need to have. And uh, this small ball of Jarkiris, we know how deadly it can be. Were those the keys for this game? I mean, yeah, uh, especially the defense. Uh, I mean, if you look at this Basconi game, they shot well from three. They got to the free throw line. They didn't turn the ball over. Marcus Auer had 26. Moneke had 32 and 9. And they lost by 17 at home. Like... I don't really know how to explain this unless the defense part, of course, because Zalgiris played a, a great game and they have been surprising me this year. But I do think this is more on Basconia just not being good enough, especially defensively, than it is on Zalgiris because I expected Zalgiris to be a, a good team, a competitive team, but uh, I just think they don't have the the top-tier talent to put them uh, in that level of the playoff contenders. But um, I do think they are a very good team and... Roland Smiths and Brady Manick dominated uh, Basconi on the boards and everybody else gave their contributions. I mean, when you have Ulanovic, Keenan Evans, like everybody does something to help you win. And it's not just on the top two or three guys. Like the whole team contributes. Everybody knows their role. They play their, their parts. And they have been a very a very fun team to start the season. So this is a great job by Zalgiris. But uh, I don't think Basconi is good enough to, to compete with the rest of the teams because even when we, they have monster productions from Moneke like they did this game and Marcus Howard scoring 26, they still get blown out at home. So they are not good defensively. I think Rog Vapolos, um, we were expecting him to, to be an important piece on this team and, and to have a, a good season. And, and he's kind of been struggling and he hasn't been able to make an impact here. So I, I do think Basconia is a, a step below the, the rest of these teams like Salgiris, Virtus. Uh, so we'll see what they do. Hopefully they keep growing. They, they also have a couple of young guys. So maybe they just need more time to grow. But uh, it hasn't looked good to, to start the season. And we already know Coach Panaroya's place is in jeopardy now. So we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, nonetheless, a great win for Salgiris. The big man of Basconi also has been a position where they have been lacking. Not because they don't have talented players there, they do. It's because they are not really able to compete to control the rebounds. And even a, a small ball team, a small ball lineup like Jalgiris one, they were able to out-rebound it. And you may mention to that, uh, Roland Schmitz ended the game with 8 rebounds and Manek with 14 rebounds. We were quite excited to see this pairing in the Jalgiris front court of Manek and uh, Roland Schmitz, and this game yep. showed why 
they really add the versatility and the way that this uh, Jalgiris team can uh, wants to play. And this versatility and uh, the way that they play is what gives them a fighting chance with almost anyone, even if it will be very hard for them to be favored against the top teams. Against teams that are at their level or under their level, they can really be dominant. And this game just show it why. Uh, Manic, another game, 5 of 5 from 3. He, he was perfect. And in the end, Jalgiris out-rebounding uh, Basconia 39 to 33 was one of the, the keys for, for this game. Jalgiris just was able to play in a more consistent way. And we know that we can expect that from them game after game. And this was just another game. And an important win because this Jalgiris team is summing some road wins. And those are important for their aspirations to be on the playing and playoff fight. And being able to get these road wins on the games that they where they are as talented or more talented than the other team will be key for them to, to be able to dream with that later on the season. Let's move into the next game and another game that took place in Spain, the game between Real Madrid and Milano. And Diogo, another dominant win by Real. Yeah, the, that's all we wanted from, from this Real team. Uh, I think they started the season in a very dominant way. If you take away that game against Basconia, they, they've been dominant against good teams like Milano, Zalgiris, um, FS, they've had very good wins and very impressive showings. Uh, I think Milano had the answers for Real Madrid's front court, but not for their offensive firepower. And, and I think if you look at a guy like Sergio Lul, I mean, I don't think he ages because he, he couldn't miss a shot. He, he keeps coming from the bench and, and having an amazing impact on this Real Madrid team. Uh, Sergio Rodriguez as well. Uh, Campazzo got everybody involved and, and Milano couldn't keep up in the second half. Uh, I think once Real Madrid really gets going, it's very hard to stop them. And uh, yeah, Milano wasn't able to do that. Milano played a, a very good first half, but they couldn't keep up in, in the second half. I, I think once this team of Real Madrid, w- once they start going, it, it's very hard to keep up with them and especially for the whole 40 minutes. So it's great to see Real Madrid taking the regular season seriously and playing the best of their ability from the start and they're just being dominant, which is what we can ask from them uh, with the roster that they have is just to play dominant and to to dominate the competition. So great job by Real Madrid. Uh, Milano, they had a good showing for a half, but they got to be more consistent throughout the 40 minutes if they want to battle with these teams like Real Madrid. We said it in our preview. When the champions add the perfect player in Facundo Capazzo, the whole league is in trouble and they will certainly be one of the top contenders for this edition of the early. And they are showing exactly that. And uh, Milano, while we see them as being one of the most talented teams in this game, they they didn't have enough to, to compete with Real. But uh, some good indications of a duo that you pointed out as being one of the most intriguing duos of the decision of the EuroLeague in Shields and Mirotic. I think they can uh, give a lot to this Milano team and uh, it comes down to the pieces around them to be able to perform at uh, a level that uh, allows Milano to to compete with teams like this Real one. And in this game, they just weren't able to do it and Real Madrid just is showing the ability of being absolutely dominant and that's what they did on this matchup with uh, Milano. And 
I think we yes we both had them as number one in our power rankings and I think for good reasons and they are showing that uh, they can be that the top contender and the favorites for for the Euroleague after winning it last season. Let's see if other teams can elevate and uh, can perform at the similar level. Let me make you a question. I get one of these per episode for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which teams do you see at this moment being at the same level as Real? Nobody. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's the answer, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, I mean, I think Barcelona might be playing the best basketball, but I think Real Madrid is the better team. I mean, they have a lot, man. It's going to be very hard to beat Real Madrid, uh, especially like in a playoff series and in the Final Four. Because they are so good, and all of their players, they're battle tested. Like all of them, been here. They they've done this before. So when you combine that type of experience with the talent they have and just the depth, I think it's too much. So I definitely think they are the favorites, and I don't really see nobody being at their level for now, at least. Yeah. I agree with you. That would have been my answer as well. <laughs> and I just think that Real Madrid is clearly the number one contender in this moment. We know Euroleague and we know that we have teams like Monaco and Partizan will keep growing. We know that we have teams that are deep and talented like Fenerbahce, Barcelona. Uh, we know that Olympiacos is one step from all of these teams and they will be up there and compete with anyone. Euroleague is very talented. It's very competitive and these things change and are fluid during the season. But the depth of talent, the players that this team has and the way, the dominant way that they are performing, it's probably unmatched at this point of the, the competition. And the early indications are very, very good for the defending champions. Let's now move to Friday, the last day of this doubleheader. And uh, we start with the game between Monaco and Alba. And... Monaco seems to be stepping up. This was a game that uh, they needed to win against a team that they will be favorites against. And they did it with an 86-75 to 75 win. What were the most important aspects of this game, Dio? I don't know. Maybe Mike James again? <laughs> <laughs> should, let me interrupt you for a moment. I know I just gave you the word, but should we just copy our breakdown of the previous game? Uh, from I mean, both teams and just passed it here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, the, despite Monaco being uh, two and two this season, and this, the the first two games were very disappointing, uh, I think Mike has been the MVP so far. Uh, it hasn't been, it hasn't really been close for me. Uh, he is on a different level this year, and Alba couldn't do nothing with him. He, he got everybody else involved, allowing them to help contribute for this win. Unlike the first two games where it, it was just him. And Kemba coming back, I, I think, helps a little bit due to having another guy who is capable of playmaking. And even though, obviously, Kemba still needs time, but uh, I think it helps just to have his presence there, uh, even when he's on the bench. So uh, I think Alba fought, and, and that's all we can ask for in a matchup like this, where they're just so overwhelmed uh, against Monaco, who is, a, who is a much better team, of course. But I like the way they play, and uh, I just want to see, watch them grow and just continue to improve game by game. Uh, I think Monaco played a, a good game, even though I think they allowed uh, a lot of points to, to Alba. They, they need to be better defensively. But uh, I, when you have Mike James playing at this level, you have a chance to beat anybody. So 
it's just about him actually for me uh, he's been, he's playing at a a ridiculous level and uh, i expect this to continue because from what we've seen so far this season i have him as the best euroleague player so shout out to mike because he's on a different level for sure you heard me saying this on yesterday's episode and i'll say it again his approach to the game this season is key and it's what's making a difference he has been very impressive and regarding Kemba Walker, it's the gravity that he brings towards him. The name, yeah. uh, recognition, uh, and his ability to play, even if he's not in the, the rhythm yet. And he probably will be able to give good things to this Monaco team and to be a high-level player for this Monaco team. But he's the gravity that he has. Uh, he contributes to, to the, the snapping from the initial performance from Monaco. Just him being... Uh, available it opens up things and makes the game easier for for his team and we notice that happening and mike james is just uh, going to another level uh, right now and playing at a insane level for album and not for sterling brown that had good performances in both games of the this double header and uh, he is showing that he's a player that can be a high level player in the early even if he if Alba team is not uh, performing at their best yet, there are good indicators here and there within this Alba team. And it's a team that uh, we enjoy to, to watch playing and a team that we recognize the upside that uh, they have for the future. Let's continue and let's uh, waste no more time and let's talk about the game between FS and Valencia. Valencia has been a highly competitive team that is playing at a very good level. They did it once again. They play very well against uh, this FS team on the road, but uh, FS was able to at home get uh, this uh, very very important 77-73 win. How did they do it, you? Well, finally, uh, Valencia loses a game, uh, but still, uh, <laughs> nothing came easy for FS. Uh, they needed a great game from Shane Larkin, and and they needed good contributions from everybody else. I mean, Clyburn did was decent. Darius Thompson played a good game. Tyreek Jones helped them. So uh, this was a good game for Efes. Uh, it was hard because Valencia is playing with such force and, and such physicality uh, while still being a very solid offensive team. And I think Valencia has a path to, to reach the playoffs, like we've been saying. If they keep playing like this, with this level of defense, they have a chance against anybody. But like you said, uh, S teams might start to, to figure them out. It, it might be tough, tough for them to keep this level. But uh, from what we've seen so far, Valencia is obviously playing at a very elite level. Uh, but for Efes, I think this was a great week, a great doubleheader sweep to, to forget those first two games that were very disappointing. But, I mean, we have to take it into consideration that they did play Barcelona and Real Madrid that so far are the two best teams in the competition. So uh, I think Efes now with these two wins, getting some confidence, uh, playing two home games, getting their crowd into it, uh, I think it's going to go up from here. And I believe FS is a good team and they just needed these two games to, to kind of turn things around. And now I think they're going to start playing at a much higher level. And I think we're going to see them climbing those those standings. So this was a great win for FS. Uh, and for Valencia, even though they lost, uh, I think they still played a good game. They, they stayed true to their identity. They played good defense. So this is the way for them to go. For Valencia, they showed that uh, they are at a level that will allow them to be competitive, at least at the playing level, and to compete with the teams that will be on that fight and that can be on that fight. They will be a problem during the, this year league, and they are they are playing 
like that and showing like that. Chris Jones is playing at a very, very high level. The impact yep. that he has on the what this team does offensively, it's it's massive. It's it's very very good. But you just see the pieces fitting, and they are just performing as a team that um, is well oiled and uh, is able to to be extremely competitive. For FS, in the other hand, uh, like I said, two extremely important wins, but um, we need the. the these were hard-fought ones for them. And we need to see them uh, as a group, as a team, just showing those routines, the, the system in place. Because we believe, and I believe, that um, the pieces that they brought in fit extremely well together with their top talent. And now it's about maximizing that in a consistent way. We saw some steps in that direction. We saw them heading in that direction. We need to continue to see that more in a more consistent way that will allow them to, to be more dominant and to, to perform at a, a higher level than uh, what they are doing in the early stages of the early league. But I think the talent is there and I expect the FS team to be an extremely competitive team. And this is an important win for them to not to fall back. Uh, sorry, fall back and fall behind in the, the fight for the, the playoffs. Next game that uh, we have on the docket, it's a game between Paratinaikos and Maccabi. And this was an extremely important win for Maccabi on the road, 81 to 86. And Paratinaikos starts this season. Uh, are they in trouble? Uh, and uh, how important this game was for Maccabi? I do think they are in trouble. Uh, it seems like. Maybe we, and not just we, I think a lot of people, uh, we might have over, overrated Panathinaikos. Um, obviously, they have great players and they have depth and it's just a, a whole new team. But uh, we need to see a lot more for them, uh, for us to consider them a, a contender. Uh, I think the, the most disappointing one for me has been Juancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, I think he played a great first game against Olympiacos, but after that, it's been a downhill for him. Uh, he can't be consistent, and I think that's a big problem because he's supposed to be a big part of this team. Uh, now with Mitoglu coming back, uh, I think the rebounding problem uh, I think will will be a bit better because he can help in that department. And uh, they did have a great second half; they they got the lead at the end, but, but then a great job by Maccabi. Uh, they stayed focused and they were able to respond, forcing the overtime and securing the win on the road. Uh, Bonzi playing at a very high level. Uh, Lorenzo, they, he keeps dominating with his playmaking. So this is definitely an important win for Maccabi because Panathinaikos could be a, a direct opponent in that playoff hunt. So it's very important to get this win on the road. And uh, just a great showing by Maccabi. They had a dominant first half and then they were able to respond to the adversity playing on the road uh, against a tough crowd and uh, a lot of confusion in that game with uh, Adaman being ejected. It was just a lot going on. And they were able to, to stay focused and to respond to Panathinaikos comeback. So this is a great win for Maccabi. For Maccabi, and once again, Lorenzo Brown shined with 12 points and 12 assists. This is, these are the type of wins that are extremely important uh, to them to for their claim to be a top six team and to be a playoff lock heading into the, the second stage of this competition. That's where they want to be. They want to grow and build in the, the way that they performed last season. And these type of wins are extremely important for them. While I agree with everything that you just said regarding Paratinakos, I will disagree with you in just one thing. That is, I don't think that uh, we mis-evaluated this Paratinakos team. I believe we had them ranked uh, on 10th place in our power rankings around. 
tent. And I think that's their level. They are an extremely talented team that we expected to see them having struggles to get everything into place after such a big turnover in relation to the last season. This is a new roster that was put together. And it's a team that wants to play a very specific system. And sometimes it takes more than one season to implement the routines that it takes for them to thrive playing that system. I agree that Mitoglu coming back and playing will be very, very important for them. Just giving that other big man that they will have available. It will help them with rebounds. Will allow Juancho to give them more size at the tree. All of those things will be extremely important for uh, for Paratinaikos. But it comes down, uh, they need time to, to get to a higher level, to play at a higher level, to play better. And right now, they are struggling, but uh, I still believe that they can be a very competitive team. It will They will just need to grow into it, and let's see if they are able to do it. And we know that Paratinakos is uh, keeping an eye out in the market to, to try to look for reinforcements. And that certainly is a way for them to do it. But more than that, I want to see them being able to stabilize their system and to take advantage of uh, of their best players and put them in a position to succeed. And uh, it's a shaky okay, start I, for sure. I have I have a question for you though. Of course, because in our power rankings we, we did have them around nine or ten. Uh, mm-hmm. That's true. But we did say that they had the, the ability to be contenders. Uh, because they had the talent for it. Um, what I'm saying is, from what we've seen so far, do, do you see uh, this team being a contender as currently constructed? So, uh, I, w- I guess I will repeat what I said on the poor rankings. Is The only path that I see for this team to be a contender is if Juancho Gomez is able to be playing uh, at uh, MVP level. And right now, I don't think he's being put in the positions to to do that or showing the ability to do that. And um, while this is a very talented roster, they look more like a bottom and um, playoff team, uh, a team in contention to the bottom end of the playoffs. Then, or in this case, a playing team, like since we have playing now in this season. Then they look like uh, a contender, and uh, I think that's uh, why we ranked. And sure, I do understand uh, overrating them in terms of the ability to be contenders. I think they are far from that. They are very far from that at the moment. But in yeah. terms of how we rank them, I think that uh, it's what we are seeing, and it's the, those initial struggles and the build up to to be able to perform at a higher level. That's where they are still very far from from being a contender and right now uh, from um, being a consistent uh, playoff team uh, i don't think that they are at that level right now i agree with you on that that um, this is a team that needs a lot of growth and a lot of routines to be able to to perform at uh, a contending level or at the playoff level even let's go into the next game and uh, i think this team is playing as a contender and (laughs) 98-59 against a good bayern team what do you have to say about the way that this Barcelona team is playing if there is something else that we can add? I mean, just wow. Like <laughs> Exactly. Uh, they they are really proving me wrong. And I thought they were, were going to be a good team, but uh, not this fast. Definitely not this fast. And definitely not this good. Uh, I mean, they are looking dominant. And Bayern is a good team. Like It's not like they're one of the worst teams or anything like that. They are a good team. They have a lot of good players. They are well coached. And they just got demolished by 40 points. Like, this is crazy. I, I think 
Barcelona, uh, I mean, everything I've asked Real Madrid to be, Barcelona is doing that. They, they've been very dominant. I think they're playing the best basketball of this season. Like I said before, they're being elite on both sides of the floor. And they, they've just done such a great job at fighting their shooters and giving them open shots, which I think gives them a, a great advantage over any other opponent because they have a lot of firepower and they've been able to utilize that firepower, uh, unlike some other teams. So uh, I think Barcelona is definitely doing a great job and they deserve all the credit in the world because they've been playing at such an amazing level and it's been pretty awesome. And we spoke about on the previous episode about how Bayern's good defense gives them a higher floor. They just had no solutions and weren't able to, for three quarters of the game, to keep Barcelona under 27 points. And for a good defensive team, that's a lot. And that just shows how dominant and how imposing this Barcelona team uh, is being. And in a game that ended with such a wide margin, it's just a show of that. And there isn't much more to add. Barcelona is just playing at an extremely high level. It's They are playing as a team. They are able to perform. The will level that they have is up there with anyone. And when you have the talent and the will and you work and you perform in a certain level, you will be able to be a top contender. And that's what Barcelona is showing to be. Let's end this episode with another home win from Virtus. And a very important one against Red Star. Virtus winning these games is just helping them to, to put them in a position that they need to be seen. And I know it's very early. We have four rounds. But... Virtus is a legit playing team contender, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think uh, when you look at these two teams, uh, I think it's two completely different stories here, at least in my point of view, uh, because Virtus is being a, a great surprise and Red Star has been pretty disappointing. Uh, I think in a game where Virtus didn't even play their best, uh, they had a lot of turnovers, yet they, they still scored 85 points. And why is that like? They are so well coached. They play very good defense and they move the ball offensively. And then when you have one guy like Shangelia, who's playing like one of the best players in the competition, like we spoke about in the previous episode, uh, MVP contender for sure, um, he's been leading them and he puts everybody together. The level of production he's having, you kind of don't expect that from a glue guy like he is, but <laughs> he, he he's done that job at such an elite level that he, he's just been shining and he's been one of the best players in the competition by far so great job by Virtus they, they keep getting wins and important wins too because these op opponents can be direct opponents in that hunt for the playoffs and just for Red Star I think they have a great roster but they haven't been able to perform at that level uh, they just let coach Ivanovic go we'll see if it was a coaching problem They I think they have the talent no doubt about that uh, Napier played an amazing game uh, I just think they need to put it all together as far as like getting everybody to understand their role and to play at their best at their best level so that they can start winning some games because like we said this EuroLeague this season is very competitive and if you fall too much behind it's going to be hard to catch up so all of these teams that should be playoff teams or contenders and they are starting this bad like Red Star is you need to start getting some wins because it's going to be very hard to, to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. Red Star needs to be performing at a higher level because they do have the talent to do so. And uh, Toko MVP contender Shengelia 
he continues to be incredible <laughs> for this Virtus team. He ended the game with 19 points, 6 rebounds and 5 assists. And just his playmaking is uh, what elevates them. The fact that they are being able to use Shingelia and Cordinier at such, as such important playmakers for this Virtus team, it's just... Um, and I guess we will have one reference, an episode to Luca Banki, but he's just <laughs> being able to squeeze the maximum that he can from this team. And those two players are being very important in the way that they are playing. But um, when you have a team that will bring the consistency, will play a very consistent and very disciplined brand of basketball, as Virtus does, they have the defense and they have the ball movement. If they make their three-pointers, they become deadly and they become very very hard to beat in a game like this one. And that's what happened in this game. They shot 46.2 from three. And uh, Red Star, on the other hand, shot 24.2 from uh, from three. And that, for me, was a difference of this game. Red Star was playing um, more loosely and less organized, less disciplined. Uh, they are not being able to make the most of each of their pieces. And they are very high-level ones while Virtus is doing that and in a game that uh, that makes the game balanced and uh, that's the decisive factor in a very competitive game as this one was and Virtus ended with 85-79 to 79 win and uh, this last game takes us to the end of this episode and tomorrow we will be bringing you our preview of Round 5 make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on our new episodes and also follow us on Twitter at E2ZeroLeague we always post our new episodes that are coming out as always I will be talking to you guys soon bye guys see you on next episode